Welcome to the Christ Life Ministries podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Olubi Johnson. For more information about this podcast and our other resources, please visit spcconline.org. God bless you. Daily, it is becoming clearer to us in our hearts and in our minds the excellences of your wisdom the beauties of your character the greatness of your power we worship you not just because of what you do for us but because of who you truly are we love you as we go into your word now we ask that this tangible presence of your anointing will go with us. Anoint me afresh. Help me speak as I should. Indeed, as an oracle of God. I pray that you put the same unction and anointing upon the ears and the hearts of everybody that will hear me those who are physically present, as well as those who will be hearing me remotely, electronically. So your word will flow freely, Father, from you through me to your people to do an internal and eternal work in every heart, including my own, in particular, to cause our wills to become more humble, our minds to be more enlightened with revelation knowledge, emotions to be more tempered and controlled by the power of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. I further pray as I speak, the power of the Holy Spirit be released in great as well as in sufficient measure to back these words and follow them wherever they are heard and released in all the earth. Yes, power that will heal, power that will deliver, power that will break yokes and free men so that they'll become doers of the things that they hear and are hearers only. I further pray for mercy to be faithful, to deliver the word with precision, to redeem the time and say only what you want me to say. Bring now the treasure of this word, things new and old, indeed as a scribe instructed unto the kingdom. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray. And all those in agreement with, with me receiving every blessing I mention in their individual lives, all individually agreed and said... You may be seated this afternoon. I have a very important message. It is a instructional prophetic message and a follow-up on two messages I have given in the last few weeks. We uh, spoke about the flood of glory that is coming. And we also spoke about the outpouring of the spirit without measure and today I'm going to be speaking about giving all diligence to speed the coming glory giving all diligence to speed the coming glory I'd like you to turn with me in your Bibles firstly to 2nd Peter chapter 3 2nd Peter the second epistle of Peter chapter 3 and we're going to zero in on verse 12 Peter 
he's talking about the end times and the coming of the Lord. And my wife brought this out to us, I believe, two Sundays ago, or last Sunday, whichever it was. It says, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise. And there's a reason why Peter has written this, because the Holy Spirit saw ahead that people are going to be doing that. People says, where is the promise of his coming? Since the fathers fell asleep, that is when they died. And in our generation, we can identify with that. Uh, Kenneth Hagan died in 2003. It's about 20 years now, you know. Uh, S.G. Elton died in 1987. Uh, so many of the fathers who prophesied about these things, they're dead. And the Bible says that they're going to be, we're going to be mockers in the last time. And then the Lord said, don't be ignorant. One day is the Lord is a thousand years, a thousand years one day. He says, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise. And I went to look at some of the modern translations on that. And one of them uh, uh, says this. He says, the Lord, I think it's the, uh, yes, <clears throat> uh, uh, the Amplified Bible says, the Lord does not delay and is not tardy. The word tardy is an English word, means he's not lazy, he's not negligent or slow about what he promises according to some people's conception of slowness. But he is long-suffering, extraordinarily patient toward you not desiring that any should perish, but that all should turn to repentance. Another uh, translation says that, it says, God is not slow in keeping his promises. The Message Bible says, God isn't late with his promise as some measure lateness. He is restraining himself on account of you, holding back the end, because he doesn't want anyone lost. And these scriptures show us clearly that God knows exactly what he's going to do. He knows how he's going to do it, when he's going to do it. But many times, like I shared uh, before, he, he knows that when, when once the glory comes and everything begins to race towards the end, there is no stopping. And people who are not ready, many of them will fall by the wayside and perish. So in order to preempt that, he sends prophets like myself and many others, you know, prophetic teachers, apostolic teachers, and, 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 and ministers to go and tell people, look, put your act together. Get yourself together. Get yourself ready for this coming because once it comes it's like a freight train once the glory of God comes with the magnificent sons of God it's a straight road you know to the rapture you know and after the rapture of the uh, glorious church then the seven years of tribulation those events cannot be changed their timelines cannot be changed anybody who is not ready by the time the glory of God comes, it, they have very little, uh, there's not too much time to get ready again. 
And that's why he is not tardy. I like that word. He's not slack. He's not slow. And not as if he's lazy or he's, uh, he's inefficient. Far from it. He's restraining himself. Wants to quickly do something. If I do it today, too many people will die. Too many people will fall away. The Bible says that, you know, there's going to come a falling away first. And we're seeing a little bit of it. We're going to see a mass falling away. And I'll tell you the reason why. When the glory of God comes to the church, and I'm going to show you what that is in a minute. A lot of people who consider themselves to be spiritual, who think they have a monopoly on God's wisdom and God's word, will find themselves not a part of it. And two things will surface. The first one will be envy. The second one will be offense. They'll get angry with God, angry with the people, and many will backslide. That's what it means to a falling away. If the glory of God were to come today, this afternoon as I'm speaking, so many Christians, the Bible says many will be offended. There are a lot of people who are living in a false comfort zone. They have deluded themselves to think they are more spiritual than what they are. And they are the people of God. And indeed they are the people of God. But they do not understand that unless certain conditions are met, there are many things you will not partake of that you have been traditionally told that you will be a part of. And that reality, when it's manifest, will offend them. Then they will become envious of those who qualified. The scripture is very clear in Matthew 24. It says they will betray one another. They will hate one another. You'll be a these people, Christian. And I'm not talking about unbelievers. I'm talking about born-again, spirit-filled Christians. You know, when we read those things, we think it's talking about the world. It's not talking about the world. It's talking about the Christians. It's talking about the church. Matthew 24. He even goes on to say, he says, and the love of many will wax cold. The, 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 the unbeliever doesn't have the love of God. It's the, Christ, it's the Christian. The, 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 the agape love. He said, it will wax cold. And so that that will not be your portion. That is why we are preaching these prophetic messages as typified by the sons of Issachar who had understanding of the times. That was the other message I preached. The times and the seasons for the perfecting of the church and what Israel ought to do. The scripture says that we should not be ignorant of the times and seasons. Say so you should know perfectly. Use the word perfectly times and seasons so that that day will not come upon you unawares. It's not going to come on you as a thief in the night. It, 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 the scripture also tells us we don't know the day or the hour. But the scripture, the same scripture 
You know, that's a problem with people. They would take one scripture and build their whole life and doctrine on it instead of comparing scripture with scripture so that they have a balanced view, a complete view of what God is saying. Yes, the Bible says we don't know the day of the hour. But the same Bible says that we should know perfectly the times and the seasons. And the same Bible says that that day will not come upon you as a thief conditionally if you are walking in the light. Hence, these prophetic teachings that will bring you light for the entrance of his word giveth light. Now, the Bible tells us that the coming of the Lord reveals to us, let me put it this way, because I'm giving you now what I call an epignosis. Epignosis is complete in principle of the coming of the Lord. The coming of the Lord is in three phases, three sections. There's going to be the coming in us, in the perfection of fullness of Christ, that is going to manifest the glory of God, which is what we're talking about. That's one we're hasting now. Because actually, when you hasten one, you hasten all. Because once, once, once that one starts, the others come. Then there is the coming of the Lord in what we traditionally know as the rapture, which will happen after that perfect church has made disciples in every tribe, tongue, and kindred. Then the Bible says they will be caught up. And if you look at the scriptures, especially the book of Revelation, I taught extensively on the book of Revelation during the COVID time. You know, Revelation chapter 12 is very, very revealing in verse 5. You know, the, you see three sections of the church. You see the, uh, the, you see the woman, which represents Israel as well as the church. What I was saying during the Bible study, the manifold wisdom of God. It's not just one interpretation. It's more than one, you know. That's another area where people get into trouble. They will take one interpretation and hold on to that one. Maybe it's in the outer court. But there are two other interpretations. There's one in the holy place and there's another one in the most holy place. See, uh, typified by the hidden manner. So the, 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 the woman is both the church as well as Israel. And she's traveling in birth. And she gives birth to a male child. Now that male child can, is Jesus. Because you know, Israel gave birth to Jesus. But there's also another interpretation of the man-child company, a company of Christians made up of spiritual, mature spiritual men and spiritual children that carry the glory of God. It is the man-child that is raptured. The woman is not raptured. The remnant of her seed is not raptured. So you've got three sections of the church. You've got the woman, you've got the man-child, and then you've got the remnant in other words, the man-child is not her only child. There are others who are also born from the church. The woman does not go. The, man the, the, the remnant don't go. And the Bible is very clear. It says after he's got up to heaven, he said then the devil persecuted the woman and the remnant of her seed. That's what's going to happen to the Christians who don't go with what I call the first flight. Don't fool yourself. There are three flights. The Bible says every man is own order. There is a pre-tribulation order. There is a mid-tribulation order. And there is a post-tribulation order. All of them are in scripture. Pre-tribulation is the one I've just told you. And that's the one, you know, uh, we all identify with. But sadly, many Christians don't realize that 
Simply because you are born again, it's not automatic. You're going to be a part of the pre-tribulation rapture. It's whether you qualify. That's why uh, 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 Luke chapter 21 in verse 36 says, he says that, you know, watch. You know, Jesus is not silly. Jesus is a very kind and loving person. He said it out of a good heart. He said, they, they, they asked him, he said, this thing you say, is it to us or to all? He said, who then is the faithful and wise servant? He said, what I say to you, I say to all. Watch. He said, watch and pray always. Listen to these words. I'm going to say what Jesus himself said many times. He that hath an ear, let him hear what I am saying now. Open your ears. Stop living in a fool's paradise. He says, watch and pray always that you may be accounted worthy. To, it means that God is, he is um, um, doing an account, a spiritual account of each of our lives. Olubi Johnson, are you accounted worthy? Sarah Johnson, are you accounted worthy? Boye are you? Everybody! And let me tell you something about him that many of us don't know. He's no respecter of persons. In fact, we who are preaching it are going to be judged by a higher standard. He's no respecter of persons. And it, God forbid, but I'm just going, I'll use myself as an example because if I use somebody else, somebody, you know, people will get offended. If, 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 if God forbid. But if, if Olubi Johnson is not founded, if he's not found worthy, if he doesn't, he's not watching and praying always, he will not go. The fact that he preached it doesn't mean a thing in the world. After all, Solomon wrote the book of Proverbs. I know that. I understand that. And that's why I take these things very seriously. So you need to understand that. So he's coming, he's, he's coming in us in perfection. Then he's coming for us at what we call the rapture. The pre-tribulation rapture. The mid-tribulation rapture and the post-tribulation rapture. There's a mid one in Romans, 11, sorry, Revelation 11, the 104,000 as 144,000 and the two witnesses. We don't know if there are other people because it's a cloud. The Bible talking about the cloud of witnesses. So the Bible is vague. You know, I, I believe it's more than the 144,000. That's why it's a mid-tribulation rapture. Then there is a post-tribulation The Bible says, and after this great tribulation, it says, and God will send his angels and they will gather his elect from the four winds. You cannot, you cannot take any of those scriptures and discountenance them. So it means that that's why there are different orders. There's a pre-tribulation order. There's a mid-tribulation order. There's a post-tribulation order. Then he comes with us for the millennial reign, which will last a thousand years. Then after the thousand years, there is going to be a post-millennial resurrection and judgment, the great white throne judgment. These are realities. Stop living in a fool's paradise. If just were to come tonight, a great majority of the church would not qualify for the pre-trip, mid-trip, or even post-trip. So, ha! So what's going to happen to them? Will they go to heaven? Of course they will go to heaven. But they will die. They probably die during the tribulation or, you know, be killed by earthquake because there are going to be so many natural disasters. 
and they will, they will die, but their graves and their, uh, the, the order of their resurrection will be dependent on the quality of the life they are living now. Wake up! He that had this hope in him purifies himself. Stop playing church. So, verse 12. Looking for and hastening unto the coming of the day of God. So, that's what we want to do now. Giving all diligence to speed its coming. In the New International Version, I like that particular translation. It says, as you look forward to the day of God and speed is coming. Everybody say, speed is coming. Oh, I didn't hear you. I'll turn to your neighbor and say, speed is coming. Then turn to your neighbor and say, I can speed is coming. You can speed is coming. Or, I can delay his coming, and you can delay his coming. God forbid. Everybody say, God forbid. I'm not going to delay. I'm going to speed. Therefore, listen to what Pastor Olubi is saying. <laughs> That's the purpose of this message. Giving all diligence to what? Speed his coming. I was given a specific instruction about this particular message. I was asked, I said, God, I preach all the perfect. I preach the times and seasons. I preach. He said, mm, still a third one. Now, what is the glory? The glory is described graphically. I'm not going to turn there because of time. The scriptures we've said so many times. You saw further in Isaiah 60, verses 1 to 5. He says, There will be gross darkness on the earth. It says, but the Lord will rise upon thee. Watch this. And his glory will be seen. Everybody scream seen. That's how we know it hasn't come. <laughs> you haven't seen it. It's not a thing. He said, it will be seen upon thee. He says, kings will rise to the brightness of thy rising. He said, the abundance of the sea. He's talking about the harvest of the nations that are going to come to the church will be converted unto thee. Say, the wealth of the nations, this is the glory. The glory that we're talking about is described clearly, unambiguously in Isaiah chapter 60, verses 1 to 5. I've said this over the years. You know, in the last few years, it all came by revelation. Isaiah 59, 58 and 59, we'll put them together. Isaiah 60 and Isaiah 61 is a trilogy of prophetic uh, revelation. Isaiah 59, 58 and 59 talks about fasting and intercession. It is the intercession of Isaiah 59 that results in the glory of Isaiah 60. It is the glory of Isaiah 60 that is going to be used for the restoration of the nations of Isaiah 61. It's a track. It's been set. In all these years, we've been praying, fasting, praying, fasting. Let's give the Lord a cap of for good morning, Jesus. Even though I'm going to pray. It happens to be, it so happens that we're five years yesterday. Five years of good morning, Jesus. I'm going to speak more about it as I go on. Amen. You know, you know as it relates to 
uh, this prayer. It's intercession that's going to bring the glory. With the full armor of God. And we are doing that now. We are doing it now. And at the better we do it, the more efficiently we do it, the more diligently we do it, the faster we're going to speed the coming. Now, in the book of John, uh, the Bible says, in chapter 2, in verse 11, talking about the ministry of the Lord Jesus, Jesus was around for 33 years. The first 30 years, there were no miracles. The Bible says so. He said, he turned water to wine. He said, this beginning, everybody scream, beginning. Turn to your neighbor, say, that means there was none before. Now, he lived a supernatural life, but he didn't have any spectacular miracles. Church history tells us and reviews to us that Joseph died. That's why you only see Joseph when Jesus was born as a baby in Bethlehem. By the time we get to John chapter 2, you know, and, 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 and all the Gospels, you don't see Joseph again. He's dead. Mary's husband, Jesus' stepfather, is dead. That's why you don't see any account of Joseph in any of the four Gospels apart from the Christmas story. Now the question is, why didn't Jesus raise him from the dead? He didn't have the power at that time. Full stop. He hadn't inherited the Spirit without measure. He had the Holy Spirit, like you and I have the Holy Spirit today, but he did not have at that time the Spirit without measure. He only started raising people from the dead after he got the Spirit without measure. That is why you and I now need the Spirit without measure. I don't know if I'm talking to anybody. Am I communicating? Oh, hallelujah. Oh, amen. So it's a beginning of miracles. And then it, the scripture all goes on to say, and manifested forth his glory. So that's what we're talking about. We're speeding the coming of this manifestation of the glory as revealed in the ministry of Jesus and described in Isaiah 60. Don't let's water it down. We are seeing signs of it. You can see signs, but it hasn't come yet. When it comes, it will not need any announcement. And I'll tell you something else. The Lord was speaking to me, you know, as I was preparing. He says, it will be suddenly. Suddenly. See, the, that, that morning when Jesus, that afternoon or whatever, you know, where at the Feast of Cain of Galilee, Jesus himself didn't know. He didn't know. It was suddenly. His mommy just said, whatever I tell you to do, go, go and do it. Tell you, whatever I tell you to do, do it. Jesus said, woman, what have I, why are you disturbing me about wine, finding wine for these people? It's their business, it's their party, you know. But then he went to talk to God. The Holy Spirit now said, it's time. It's time. So he now gives them an instruction. Fill the water pots with water. He said, now draw it to the governor of the feast. And between the time they, they, they drew the water and went up to the uh, master of ceremony of the, of the wedding, the water changed to wine. A scrap offering for the Lord. Hallelujah. It was sudden. Sudden. Even for Jesus himself. So it's, it's going to be with us. The Bible says so in the book of Malachi. He said, the Lord whom you seek shall suddenly come to his temple. He's already in his temple. I mean, you have the, are you not the temple of the Holy Spirit? Am I not the temple of the Holy Spirit? Didn't Paul say you are the temple of the Holy Spirit? So if he's here, how can he come again? He's coming in a greater measure. 
He's coming without measure. So that's what he means. We already have the Holy Spirit. We are already temples. My body is already the temple of the Holy Spirit. So he's not repeating himself. He's not contradicting himself. He's saying, the Lord whom you say will suddenly, without measure, come to his temple. Then when he comes, it's going to be like a refining fire. This is what is immediately ahead of us. Hence, these prophetic uh, messages. Now, the purpose of this message is to motivate us to redeem the time. The Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 5 in verse 16, it says, redeem the time because the days are evil. How many people know we're living in evil days? They're not coming. We're, there, we're inside them. In 2 Timothy in chapter 3, it talks about perilous times. The Greek word perilous is fierce. If you look at humanity, man's inhumanity to man, the wickedness, you know, it reminds me of the days of Noah. The Bible says that the, the imagination of his heart was only evil continually. Look at the mess on the earth today. Only evil. Because men have allowed the sin nature to dominate and to grow. Just like you grow in holiness, you can grow in sin. Horrible, but it's the truth. I just got a word. We are growing spiritually to become conformed to the image of Jesus. That Jesus will be the firstborn among many brethren. As the world gets worse and worse, they become more and more like Satan. We're seeing it already. More and more like Satan. Evil men and seducers will wax worse and worse. They're getting worse every day. More and more like the devil. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We believe these words have empowered you to live a victorious, transcendent life in Christ. Our mission is to equip God's people for service and build up the body of Christ until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. We encourage you to enjoy and share from thousands of resources, including books, sermons, prophecies, and articles available on our website, spcconline.org. Thank you and God bless you.